Ain't no time for fake jacks. The brother's dead, fake jacks. The lady don't need that. Ain't no time for fake jacks. No time for fake jacks. The brother's dead, fake jacks. The lady don't need that. Ain't no time for fake jacks. No time for fake jacks. The brother's dead, fake jacks. The lady don't need that. Ain't no time for fake jacks. Paragon 7 Studios. You are listening to the Lunch Radio Network. do this don't be mad at me april i had to get in john and april came in yesterday and their segment was was so good and so compelling you know i love john and april john and april are much more talented than me they're better looking than me they're more successful than 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 i am they're 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 everything right that i am wrong but i gotta i gotta step in and put on my hat as relationship counselor you got to get the lance j version so i don't want to be i don't want to be like cannabis and ll cool j when when cannabis did a rap and ll cool j came in and dissed him after cannabis's rap i think they did it they did a posse cut and then ll cool j dissed him on the same track so cannabis laid down his vocals and basically said something about LL about about the, the the tattoo in his arm of a microphone and and cannabis mentioned it and then LL came in a week later he heard cannabis's verse and then he just absolutely torched cannabis on the same track and then cannabis came back with with Mike Tyson and and did the the famous diss record on on LL Cool J where he said that 99% of your fans wear high heels. He talked about LL Cool J being a fake role model and perhaps his prolific drug use. And they had a beef. Now, cannabis wasn't really important enough to, to have a beef with LL, but I digress. I'm definitely not disagreeing with John and April because they they have forgotten more about relationships than I know and will ever know. But I wanted I wanted to speak because they were they were talking about the concept of real men and real women. And I just wanted to put my two cents in on that. I'm not diverting attention from for John and April Nixon. They're they're the best relationship counselors that you'll be able to find. That's why they're a part of the ticket. Lance Day Radio Network. I I feel like this time next year, John and April will be be getting their own show on a very large platform, and won't have to deal with the chicanery of of Lance J and his antics any further. I agree with what April said yesterday. She talked about how women have been. She made the the, the comparison to 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 the black experience. How black people in the United States have not been treated fair. They've been persecuted. They've been oppressed. They've been mistreated. And women have been mistreated way before slavery, way before Jim Crow, way before Ahmaud Arbery and George Floyd. So I agree with that concept 100%. I agree with April 100%. I think she's right on the money. 
But they were talking about the concept of real men versus real women. And this is my opinion. I make fun of all the time. So you got you got the guys that listen to Kevin Samuels and they think that a women's place is in the kitchen, barefoot. They pick out random Bible texts that verify their belief that women are inferior to men and basically should be used as Ottomans. Footstools. They're only here to deliver children. So Kevin Samuels, he says to his crowd, hey, if you don't want to do it the man's way, you're a woman. And God forbid you, you gained a little bit of weight. If you're a woman and you're fat and you're a single mother, you're worthless. You're a loser. You should take whatever man you can get. If he cheats on you, tough. If he beats you, tough. If he's not that great of a guy, hey, you don't really deserve a great guy. And I don't believe that. That's not a part of the, the Lance Day belief system. I talk, I've been a champion for women's rights, especially in corporate America, for women to be paid equal, to be treated equal, to be, to be respected. I, I'll never forget, I was in a meeting with the C-suite at one of my jobs and a, a female, another female executive that, that was my peer. The CEO came in and asked her to get him a cup of coffee. And basically said, I would like Splenda with that. And I was mortified. I was like, he would never ask me to give him a cup of coffee. And I darn sure wouldn't get him a cup of coffee. Because I don't care how much money you're paying me. My dignity and respect is more valuable. And women have to deal with that type of foolishness. Not to mention the sexual harassment. Not to mention the, the Weinsteins of the world. The Pill Cosby's of the world. You're trying to get ahead. And some and some spanky is asking you for a spanky. But this is where this is where I go away from that. So I agree in equality. I support equality. I don't think that women should be forced into roles and, and a man should come home and say, well, hey, I'm the man. You go you go and knock out those toilet scrubbing. You take care of that, that those bathrooms. I'll mow the lawn. I need you to fold my underwear. I don't, I don't believe in that. I don't believe in any of that stuff. Real men have to be real men. I agree with that. You can't be on the Kevin Samuels protocol if you're making 21000 a year, sitting on the couch, puffing a J. I don't believe in that. Now, if you're bringing in five hundred k and you're taking care of everything, you might have a little bit more leverage in a relationship. And vice versa, if your wife is making five hundred k, she's an anesthesiologist, she's a business owner, She's a successful entrepreneur, whatever she does for a living. You might have to back off. I, I believe that relationships, for the most part, I uplift her. She uplifts me. We take turns. So right now, I'm popping with my show, with my business. A few years down the road, my significant other, she may be popping. Then I step back. I think it's a partnership. But what I what 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 I want to make sure I I touch on I'm not going to let women off the hook who've made bad decisions. And your decisions in life, that's why I do agree with the Kevin Samuels of the world and people might think that I'm a sexist. I'm not responsible for your bad decisions. I'm not responsible for it. Don't yell at Lance J because you made a bad decision on who to procreate with. That's not my fault. 
Now, as a man, will I will I try to to help? And, and if I'm in a position to help you get some type of support or whatever, I don't have a problem with that. But I think sometimes people gloss over, and I think that everybody's ultimately trying to get over. Men are trying to get over. They're trying to get women to submit to them, like the Bible says. But they're not. They're not taking care of business, like April said. They're not making women feel safe. They're not. They're not putting gas in the car. They're not making women feel like queens. They're not taking care of business. They're not good fathers at times. They're not satisfying their women sexually. They're not doing all of those things. And I think that April has a very, very great point. You should be treating your woman like a queen. And if you're not treating your woman like a queen, then you don't really have a right to to expect some of the things that are traditional. Now, if you are taking care of business, it's a little different. But I think society has kind of turned into a way where we let let women off the hook for bad decisions. Shallow people. People that don't, women that don't go the extra mile. Women that don't invest in themselves, that don't invest in education, that don't manage their kids properly that don't 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 i'm not saying that that's everyone i'm not even saying that that's most people but i think that's where the difference is everybody is not a queen and everybody is not a king that might hurt your feelings but i don't care people have to take responsibility for their own decisions and the positions that they've put themselves in i think that we're bailing people out we're bailing we're bailing our sisters out we call them queens and our brothers out when we call them kings and they haven't amounted the squat and they've thrown their, their life away. And I'm not talking about people who grew up in poverty and were abused and stuff like that. Cause that's always the deflection. It's like, well, everyone hasn't had the advantages that you have. I, I know that I'm not talking about people. I'm not talking about people that grew up in the trap. I'm talking about people that just made stupid decisions. Cause you wanted that guy that was six, four, six, five, gorgeous, and he treated you like dirt. You made that decision. That's not my fault. And that's not my problem. It's society's problem. But you're looking for sympathy from me. I see a lot of women that wasted their 20s, wasted their 30s, made bad decisions. And then they want someone that's in their late 30s or 40s to pick up the slack for dumb decisions that they made. And I use John and April as, a, as an example. I, I've watched John and April in their relationship. I know John and April very well. I sat behind them on the bus in choir. They knew that each other were the bomb and the right person for them, and they locked it up. They locked that thing up early, like 1920. It was over. I know a lot of people that had the John Nixon or the April Nixon of their life. But they wanted they wanted to fool around. I especially my my male friends, they had a they had a great woman in college. But you know what? They wanted to go out and do dirt. They wanted to play basketball and be out doing dirt and and be out sowing their royal seed like, like Prince Akeem. They wanted to be out sowing their royal seed all over town and they missed out. And they ended up with somebody lesser and then they're upset because their life isn't what they expected. And it's the same for the sisters. Some of these sisters, they wanted to be out clubbing. They wanted to be out doing their thing. They didn't want to settle down. They didn't want those things early. What are the consequences to that? And ultimately, I think that everybody's trying to get over. Men are trying to get more than they deserve based on what they're bringing to the table. Women are trying to get more than they deserve based on what they're bringing to the table. 
And unfortunately, relationships in many cases are transactional as business. And I get it. And I understand it. And like I said, I'm not, a, I'm not a relationship expert. And I don't plan on talking about relationships a whole lot because that's not what I do. I was very inspired by a great segment from, from, from my brother and sister, John and April Nixon. And I just, I just want to be the person that, that plants that flag. And, and I'm not backing off of that. I will not give you a free pass for bad decisions that you've made, men or women. And I don't think that every woman is a queen, and I don't think that every man is a king. Last day show. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. James Lewis. I need Chick-fil-A. I know that they built their brand on service and they they have service with a smile. But when did going to get an eight-count nugget pack with Polynesian sauce, when did that become crossing the border over into Canada or Tijuana? Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmo Squad. They have all of these checkpoints and this this canopy and all of these people walking around. Like I'm waiting for the guard dogs. It's literally become checking into Niagara Falls. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. This is Lance J, a.k.a. the Paragon of Sports Talk Excellence, a.k.a. the Heisenberg of Broadcast Radio, a.k.a. the Wolf of Wall Street. Listen to the Lance J Radio Network weekdays at 7 p.m. on Urban One's flagship 1450 WOL in Washington, D.C., and presented by our partners at Episource, the industry leader in healthcare analytics and Medicare Advantage quality products. If you're a man, you don't cry about it. You take life. The ups and downs. If you're a real man, you never go down, you just stay up. That's why I'm the world champion. That's why this sport code costs $800 and that costs 200 And I don't know what that costs, I'd be ashamed to wear it. That's why I'm wearing lizard shoes and a Rolex watch and I got a limousine sitting out there a mile long with 25 women just dying for me to go, woo! Because I'm the world champion, sucker. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. In the sports talk radio justice world, mediocre quarterback play and porous tackling are considered especially heinous. On the Lance J Show, the dedicated detectives who investigate these vicious felonies are members of an elite squad at Paragon 7 Studios. These are their stories. This gentleman is doing some some fantastic stuff from a development standpoint in, in the metro D.C. area, and he has a healthcare background just like me. He has a consulting background just like me and is one of the sharpest brothers that, that I have met in person. I mean, this man is always <laughs> casket sharp all the time, just a few times I met him. So I wanted to introduce my audience to Rasan Bernard. Now, he is the, he is the president of... Of of a major local initiative, and I don't I don't want to get it wrong, but my understanding is you're the president of building bridges across the river, 
which is a nonprofit. I'm going to give him a chance to to talk about what he's doing. So, Rasan Bernard, um, great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for for spending some time and, and hanging out with me, chopping it up with me for a few minutes. Oh man, it's a it's a extreme pleasure to be here, and uh, I want to thank you for the opportunity to really get the word out. One of the big things that we have been pushing for twenty since the pandemic, it's really been. Um, amplifying the voices of the people east of the river here in Washington, D.C., and, and to have a platform like this where I can, I can um, share, those, uh, share the wonderful stories and wonderful things that are happening here. It's really, it's really a wonderful thing. So, so much appreciation to you, and, and, and uh, thank you for having me this morning. Definitely. Um, we have so much to unpack, so I'm just going to go right into it. Tell, tell us, whenever I have someone that, that is very well accomplished and and had success in, in their career, especially African-American, a brother. I always want people that are listening, I always want to, to give them a glimpse into your career arc. How, how did you, when you were nine years old, did you say that, hey, I want to, I want to be a president of a, of a major urban development type of initiative? Um, a lot of people wanted to be a doctor. A lot of people wanted to play sports. How, how, did, you, how did you get into the career that you're into? What are some of the steps that, that you took in your career? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, as the president of Building Bridges Across the River, I am I'm humbled to be, um, you know, in this in this in this position managing. You know, we have you know over eighty million dollars in assets. Um, we manage a campus that's sixteen and a half acres um, uh, with uh, with uh, two hundred three thousand square feet of uh, programming space, and the, the best nonprofits in in the region are 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 housed here. And, and to answer your question more specifically, no, I, I, I never, you know, I didn't wake up at, at seven or eight or nine years old with this idea of uh, being a pre- the president of, of, of a community changer uh, like this organization. Um, but what I what I have always been is, is I've always been diligent uh, about learning more about leadership. It's always been something that was um, uh, attractive to me at a very young age. I remember just um examining the leaders that were around me. You know, I was born and raised in Jamaica. And mm. so we had, you know, prime ministers and other individuals who um, exuded that leadership uh, 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 quality. And um, even even the local leaders in our neighborhood were, 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 were men and women who stood strong. And it was just really, you know, that imprinting really just was an indelible thing for me. Um, and, and I think from one thing to the next, as, as you begin to really look at learning about leadership and comporting yourself to that, to that, to the, to leadership, you know, the, I believe platforms just, just get larger and larger. So, you know, my first platform was, um, you know, being the valedictorian of my school. The second platform was, you know, being a, por- a, a part of a talented and gifted program where we were a great, you know, had a, a group of, of people that were um, leaders in our own right. Um, and then, you know, uh, then obviously I started my own business and, and, and led, led my company. And, and I just, I just believe that as, as, as you grow in leadership and, and, uh, you, be, you prove yourself, I think the platform really just gets larger and larger for you. So, so today I'm here, you know, managing a, a much larger platform than I did when I was eight, nine, ten years old. And, uh, I think the, the more, I guess, more specific answer to your question is, um, this this really this essence of leadership, this idea of leadership is something that I've latched onto from a, from 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 you very young. And and that's the reason why I'm here. So um, I, I don't know. It's that's not a sexy answer, but it's 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 my honest. No, honest I, I think this I think it's a very sexy answer. One of one of the things about the show that I do that's that's unique. Um, we 
are really focused on bringing leaders in and not just to talk about their initiatives, which we're going to talk about next. But we want to know, we want to know, uh, Rasan, the man, we want to know the person, we want to know how did you get into the chair that you're in? Because there's so many people that are listening, uh, rather they're on the podcast or, or they're listening on terrestrial radio. They want to, to, to level up in their careers. They want advice from individuals that have been highly successful and um, they want to share in the work ethic. They want to share in the leadership. They want to share in the positive energy that, that radiates out from individuals like yourself. So I think it's very important. Tell us about this initiative, building um, building bridges across the river. I mean, I, you, you explained it to me when we went to the Georgetown game a couple of weeks ago. It was very much over my head. It was, it was, it was a high end <laughs> development project. Um, it just, it just seemed like something so majestic. I'm very familiar as, as when Latrina Owens was on here, I'm very familiar with Southeast DC. My father's from Southeast DC. So I, I know those, those stopping grounds and I've seen the changes in Southeast DC over the last 30 years where, where the neighborhoods are completely different than what they used to be. But tell us about this specific project and how awesome it is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you for that. No, Building Bridges Across the River is a Ward 8-based nonprofit organization uh, that uh, it's, that's main mission uh, is to reduce the barrier to social and economic mobility for residents east of the Anacostia River. And we do that in, in, with, with really in three intersecting uh, uh, buckets. Uh, one is arts and culture, um, uh, one is economic opportunity, and, and the other one is health and well-being. And, and how those three intersecting buckets work is, you know, is in what we call the, the, um, the golden projects of this, of this uh, nonprofit. Um, in arts and culture, we have the largest uh, uh, platform for artists. Um, or we have a theater that's uh, as deep and wide as, as the theater at the Kennedy Center um, here in, mm. in Ward 8. Uh, and, and a black box theater to, 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 to really provide a platform for black artists east of the river to perform on a stage that they would not normally have. Phenomenal. Um, um, yeah. So, so we have that piece and we program specifically for the black experience, for black culture, uh, but also just for the artistic experience and artistic culture, right? So we're not, we're not exclusive in that, but we do want to amplify the work of African-Americans here east of the river. Um, and then our economic opportunity bucket uh, it's it's multifaceted. We have a Skyland Workforce Center that provides job training uh, to residents here uh, in Ward 7 and Ward 8. Uh, we have an ICANN technical internship program where we recruit young people uh, from the from our communities mm. to learn technical theater. So they are the ones who are employed to run the theater here uh, on wow. campus at the Arc. Um, and 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 just make sure I'm, I'm using an acronym that I need to explain. So I said the Arc. Uh, the campus that I mentioned to you before that's on 16 and a half acres in Washington is known as the Town Hall Education Arts and Recreation Campus. That okay. acronym, the ARC, is well known um, not only regional-wide but, but nationally uh, as a model for um, collaboration among nonprofit organizations. And so we, we, we train young people to tech the theater spaces that are here um, and employ them. And so they, have, they leave here with not only the training to run theaters but with all of the other soft skills that you need that are requisite for jobs out in the real world, right? So, you know, how to dress for an interview, how to, to, to mm. um, uh, uh, communicate in the interview, how to, 
you know, organize yourself, how to be on time. I mean, there's a lot of soft skills that we um, that we use to uh, that we, we we train our young people with. And then the third bucket is our health and well-being bucket. So we're on six and a half acres. We farm about two of those acres because it's on a floodplain. And, and, and if you know anything about floodplains, it has a lot of water. It's not really buildable land. We can't build more buildings on it. So right. we steward it by farming it. And that farm is networked with six other farms uh, here uh, uh, east of the river. And we literally aggregate that produce from those farms to bring to this food desert, really fresh right. organic food. So, so that's, that's, that's in a nutshell, very, very, uh, very simplistically. The last thing I want to say is that we are, not only have we built metaphorical bridges by providing all of these services in these three, three buckets, but we are taking on our largest capital project to date. We are building the first elevated bridge park wow. in the nation's capital, which will connect historic Anacostia with Navy Yard. And it's a physical edifice that we believe will bring social capital back. Right. The highlight of the project, though, the highlight of the project, though, is the equitable development plan that we are nationally known for. So before we even started to talk about bricks and mortar for the bridge, we've been talking about equitable development for the community so that people that are there can stay and thrive in place. And so the idea of investing millions of dollars to shore up businesses, to ensure that homeowners, renters become homeowners, um, to ensure that nonprofit organizations that are there to support people are shored up. Those are the things that those are the investments we've made. To date, we've invested about $60 million in that. And we, and it's literally akin, it's tantamount to the dollars that we'll, we'll spend on building the actual edifice. So we're really proud of that. We're nationally known for that. Um, and we're part of this Highline network with 19 rebuilt infrastructure projects around the city. And we've We've been we've been getting national recognition, even from them, about our approach to equity. Now, you're on the board of Feeding America, and I'm I'm very anyone that listens to this show. I'm very much involved in U.S. hunger. I've been involved with Feed My Starving Children. I've been the the social determinants of health and health equity space is something that's really important to me. It's in many ways uh, the reason that I left Blue Cross and and kind of started up my own consulting practice in, in media. Um I don't want to say empire, but 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 healthcare media platform is because I wanted to get off the 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 thirtieth floor. Uh, I wanted to get off the thirtieth floor and actually come down and do some work in in the community. And health equity, social determinants of health, is so critical. You're involved with this fantastic organization, Feeding America, that that helps so many people, that owns and distributes food banks across the country. You guys are, are, are one of the, the 8,000, the 800 pound gorillas, so to speak, in that space. Tell us a little, little bit about your experience on the board with Feeding America and some of the great work that you're doing. Yeah, I think, you know, it's been a blessing to be a part of Feeding America. I mean, I, I've, I've, I've been on the board now, I believe, close to uh, it's maybe my fourth year that's coming up. Mm. Um, and it's, it's really been a fantastic experience. I mean, you talk about the conviction on, of the people on that board of, about people. And, and putting people in the center of the work, um, and then the, the 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 coordination, collaboration, and all of the the I think the competency that's associated with organizing and distributing food um, through the through the the 200 food banks we have and 60,000 pantries we have, it, it's it's incredible how much we we connect the dots and we really get in front of people and we meet the need. One of the things I'm really excited about is this on unbelievable palpable desire to deal with root causes right so one of the things that we've been talking about extensively at feeding america is not just feeding the line 
but actually shortening it. You are listening to the Lions J Radio Network. As a former quality executive who has literally retrieved and coded millions of charts, I've worked with our new partners over at Episource for many years and am proud to now serve as a brand ambassador and part of their product development team. Episource is a global industry leader in chart retrieval, coding, quality analytics, and in-home assessments. For information on Episource, go to www.episource.com and fill out one of their contact forms to request a demonstration.